Hi, welcome to Bookie. Today we will unlock the book Measure What Matters, How Google, Bono, and the Gates Foundation Rock the World with OKRs. The concept of OKR is not complicated. It literally means objectives and key results. We've previously unlocked a similar book by Christina Vodka titled Introduction to OKRs, so why do we feel the need to unlock this book as well? Firstly, because of the qualifications of the author. John Doerr is a partner and chairman of the venture capital firm KPCB, he is also a director at Google. Starting in the 1970s, he worked with Andy Grove at Intel to push the idea of OKR, a name he coined to help the company grow mighty. Doerr, now one of the legendary venture capitalists in the world, likes to give OKR as a gift to the organizations he has invested in or worked with, including Google, Amazon, LinkedIn, Facebook, and the Gates Foundation. He teaches them how to properly apply the concept of OKR. We are also unlocking this book because Dor puts a lot of emphasis on how OKR can be successfully implemented in an organization. OKR is about alignment, about aiming at the same goal, and it requires everyone to understand the spirit of collaboration behind the concept. This is obviously not something you can do with a few meetings. Dor spends a lot of time talking about how different companies have implemented the concept of OKR, and he invites the heads of those companies to speak for themselves. These are some of the unique reasons that allow this book to have perspectives different from other OKR-related books. The last reason for unlocking this book is that Dor elevates the concept of OKR to the level of corporate culture. All this contribute to the fact that no one understands OKR better than John Dor. Next, we will explain the content of Measure What Matters in three parts. Part 1, What is OKR? Part 2, How to use OKR to improve organizational effectiveness. Part 3, How to use OKR to build a learning-oriented organization. Part 1, What is OKR? As we mentioned earlier, OKR is an acronym of objectives and key results. The letter O refers to the organization's core objectives, and KR refers to the key results that must be accomplished to achieve these core objectives. The concept of OKR has a long history. Back in 1954, management guru, Peter Drucker, published a blockbuster book titled, The Practice of Management, and in that book he proposed the idea of management by objectives and self-control. Drucker found that if a person was involved in the choosing of a course of action, he would be more motivated to see it happen. But if he was instead asked to do the tasks prescribed by others and was to be judged by performance indicators such as KPIs, he would quickly become passive and bored. Many forward-thinking companies had adopted the management by objectives and self-control method, and with it achieved impressive results. But then its flaws began to show, and it became another tool like KPI, until it was recreated by Andy Grove, Intel's executive vice president and author of another book we've unlocked on our platform, High Output Management. Grove reinvented an objective-setting system that was based on Drucker's objectives management idea, and named it IMBOS, Intel Management by Objectives. Unlike Drucker's objectives management system, Grove's objective-setting system rarely mentions objectives alone, it instead puts objectives and key results together. According to Dorr, the term key result seems to originally be coined by Grove. As such, he named Grove's method OKR to give distinction to the term key results. 
That is the origin of the OKR concept. So what problems can this OKR concept help businesses solve? The most obvious one, perhaps, is helping a business to pull the energies of all for a common purpose. This is among the major challenges leaders often encounter when promoting and applying traditional performance management tools such as KPI in their organizations. Specifically, the following are three dilemmas that leaders often face. The first challenge for leaders is the choice between qualitative and quantitative objectives, and OKR focuses on objectives that are a combination of both. The O in OKR is the qualitative objectives. It points out the general direction. KR on the other hand, have to do with the quantitative objectives, which measures the implementation. By contrast, KPIs focus more on quantitative objectives and less on qualitative ones. For KPIs, the numbers are everything, and it doesn't put into consideration how much of the organizational objectives behind the numbers are being achieved. It can be expected that such a dilemma will arise, the assessment indicators of KPIs have been met, but the organizational objectives have not, because the organization lacks the awareness to identify clear organizational objectives when formulating KPIs. In contrast, for an objectives management system like OKR, qualitative objectives are clearly identified and emphasized as a priority for the organization, and that brings benefits. It can provide rationales for specific tasks and achieve consensus among higher and lower levels. The second challenge is the choice between team objectives and individual objectives. As we all know, KPIs are about breaking down tasks from top to bottom. It is about what you are given in a numerical indicator, and how you need to keep your head down and complete it. In the system of KPIs, little attention goes to personal objectives. OKR, however, emphasizes the alignments of objectives from top to bottom. Individual objectives are based on upper-level objectives. If the upper-level objectives and key results are clear, individual objectives and key results will also be clear. OKR aims for integrating individual objectives into team objectives, thereby eliminating the need to emphasize on either of the objectives. It helps your superior achieve their key results when your personal objectives are aligned with theirs, it's like soldiers have to work with their commanders at all levels, to understand why the war is being fought, for whom, and how they personally should be contributing to the battle. The third challenge is the choice between long-term and short-term objectives. A good objective must have ample time to be achieved. If the duration is too short, it will lead to confusion and a dead end. The duration can't be too long either, the modern world is changing so fast that an objective that seems reasonable this year may not be relevant next year, so OKR usually dedicates three months to serve as an assessment period. To stay on the right track and achieve your ultimate goals, it is recommended that you review your performance at least once a week. Besides that, you should also update your work regularly and score yourself. So how does an organization perform when OKR is implemented? Dvor provides the perfect example, Intel's Operation Crush. Let's examine how Intel, with the help of OKR, went from lagging behind to fighting back and gaining ground in the chip war against Motorola. In 1978, Intel introduced a high-performance 16-bit processor, the 8086, which took a large market share but the 8086 was soon challenged by a stronger competitor, 
the 68000 chip from Motorola. The 68000 was more technologically advanced than the 8086, and this resulted in it attracting wide market attention. Not having enough time on their hands, Intel couldn't beat Motorola's technology. So, Grove convened a meeting, and the consensus was that instead of hitting hard at Motorola's superior technology, they had to go after Motorola's weaknesses. What was Motorola's weakness? It was in its bigness. Motorola is a large and diverse company that makes everything from two-way walkie-talkies to compact televisions. Intel, however, is a specialized company focusing on memory chips, microprocessors, and operating systems. So when a customer has a problem, who do you think they would call? Whom of the two companies would clients expect to work with? Aware of this, and with the full intention of beating Motorola, Intel launched a program called Operation Crush. The objective was to win in the 16-bit microprocessor market, and the guiding principle was to overhaul the marketing plan with existing technology of the 8086 chip, and guide the customer to notice Motorola's shortcoming as mentioned earlier. That is comparing to the short-term advantage in technical practicability, long-lasting customer support and service are more valuable. To that end, Intel marketers decided to sell to customers fully integrated microcomputer solutions, including hardware and software, not just a set of components. With a clear objectives in mind, several key results supporting these objectives were reformulated. What was the result? Intel quickly turned the corner. By 1986, the 8086 chip had recaptured 85% of the 16-bit processor market, and Intel was well on its way to achieving a strategic shift from memory chips to microprocessor chips. Dor writes in this book, as we've seen, without OKR, Intel would not have been the company it is today. So that's what we have to cover for part one. We mentioned that OKR is an organization's core objectives, the path to achieve it, and the criteria to measure it. It was first proposed and practiced by Grove when he worked at Intel. Using OKR, businesses can solve three common management dilemmas, qualitative objectives versus quantitative objectives, team objectives versus individual objectives, and long-term objectives versus short-term objectives. OKR helped Intel to repel the attack from Motorola with the program called Operation Crush. Part 2 how to use OKR to improve organizational effectiveness. Next, let's focus on the four superpowers that OKR brings to the game, focus, alignment, tracking, and stretching. They are also known as the key for execution of the concept of OKR. Let's start with superpower number one, focus and commit to priorities. This superpower encourages us to choose the organization's priorities and stay committed to them. Let's ask ourselves a question, what does it mean to create a successful business? The answer is to provide an excellent product or service. So how do you achieve excellence? Different management gurus will tell you the same thing, you have to focus your business's resources on a few carefully chosen priorities, and do them well. This selection process is called focusing. OKR is neither a bucket list, nor the total number of the team's daily tasks. Only when a few critical objectives are clearly identified, can an organization's resources focus on achieving them. Generally speaking, each corporation is likely to have three to five chief objectives, and each objective corresponds to three to five key results. 
there are a few things to note about setting objectives. First of all, you cannot have fixed objectives because things change rapidly in reality. For instance, back in 2013, the watch time metric was the best way to measure YouTube users' experience. But by the time this book was published, the YouTube team had been looking at other options, such as web-added videos, photos to viewer satisfaction, and a focus on social responsibility. Goals change, and objectives should mo be fixed. Secondly, objectives must be clearly and repeatedly communicated across the company, ensuring that everyone knows the focus of the current effort. Finally, two objectives can be set at the same time. You can set a quarterly OKR as a short-term goal, and an annual OKR as a strategic guide. This allows for a better balance between direction and execution. And now to the superpower number two, align and connect for teamwork. On the battlefield, soldiers' effectiveness often comes from their ability to identify with the objectives of the mission. Similarly, in an enterprise, if the core employees understand what the company wants to do, how to achieve it, and what contribution they need to make to accomplish the objectives, their enthusiasm and creativity will be stimulated, and the organization as a whole will become invincible. OKR was invented for the purpose of collaboration. In the OKR system, even junior employees are aware of everyone's objectives, including the CEOs. In this system, everyone can openly criticize and correct the objectives, as well as take the initiative to align their personal objectives upwards with that of their superiors, so that their objectives can become a key result of the objectives of their bosses. This is called vertical alignment. Imagine you're the general manager of Sand Hill Unicorns, and your objective is to make money for your shareholders. Accordingly, the two key results are winning the Super Bowl, the annual championship match of the NFL, and getting your home stadium filled to more than 90% capacity. Your two key results then become the objectives of the head coach and the marketing manager. For example, the head coach's objective is to win the Super Bowl. Then he would break it down into three key results, more than 300 yards in passing attacks per game, no more than 17 points per game in the defensive loss, and to be in the top three in punt return coverage. The head coach then assigns the three key results to his three deputies, the offensive coach, the defensive coach, and the special team coach. Once again, the three coaches will take each of their assigned tasks as their core objectives and develop their own key results. Through this vertical alignment, the work at all levels can reflect the company's main objectives. Because of OKR's nature of transparency, anyone can see the overall structure and performance of the company. As such, it's possible for everyone to notice which objectives or key results are not properly set, as well as identify where the bottlenecks are. In this way, the tasks of all team members of the company can be well aligned. Now, let's move on to OKR's third superpower, which is tracking for accountability. Traceability is an essential but often overlooked advantage of OKR. Traditional objectives management systems are almost untraceable because managers set objectives that are not easily updated over time, making them more prone to be forgotten. Earlier OKR systems, which were based on standalone software and local documentation, also had this problem. Fortunately, nowadays, we have a cloud-based OKR management system that can track OKR's progress, share these progresses, and clarify responsibilities anytime and anywhere.
A standard OKR cycle is divided into three phases, setup, midlife tracking, and wrap-up. To set up an OKR system, you first need an OKR cloud system, where everyone in the company works on the same platform. Secondly, tracking allows us to see our progress, it motivates us more effectively than public recognition, financial incentives, or achieving set objectives. As Daniel Pink, author of Drive says, the single greatest motivator is making progress in one's work. The days that people make progress are the days they feel most motivated and engaged. To track your progress, you need to share your OKR so that people can monitor you at any time. A study in California, US, showed that people who recorded their objectives and sent weekly progress reports to friends, were 43% more likely to achieve them, than those who simply set objectives and did not bother to share their progress. Finally, in order to assess how well OKR has worked, you need to regularly evaluate and reflect on your efforts, and score the status of your objectives. One criteria for scoring the status of your objectives are as follows, a score of 0.7 to 1.0, marked in green, means the objectives has been achieved. A score of 0.4 to 0.6, marked in yellow, indicates progress but not completion. A score of 0 to 0.3, marked in red, indicates failure of the objectives. When we come to the wrap-up stage, we should simultaneously look to the past and the future. Uncompleted objectives from the previous quarter can be carried over to the next quarter, thereby rematching a new set of key results. It is also possible that the objectives has become obsolete. When this is confirmed to be the case, it is more appropriate to abandon it. Now let's look at OKR's superpower number 4, stretch for amazing. Often, a company's quest can either be routine or challenging. For example, Google divides its OKRs into two categories, committed objectives and aspirational objectives, also known as stretch objectives. These two categories are fundamentally different. Committed objectives are objectives that must be achieved. But if the completion rate is only 90%, the team should not think it has failed. Because OKR is not a performance appraisal system, its purpose is to motivate and encourage collaboration. For a committed objective, a 90% completion rate is a good result. Stretch objectives, on the other hand, reflect the larger blueprint. The primary purpose of stretch objectives is to mobilize the enthusiasm and creativity of the entire organization. By definition, stretch objectives are more challenging to achieve. For example, the average achievement rate of stretch objectives at Google is only 60%. When Chrome launched, the team set a challenging target of 20 million weekly active users. But in the first few iterations, the achievement rate was low. Later, through unremitting efforts, the team finally realized this objective. Chrome now has more than 100 million weekly active users on mobile alone. Team leader, Sundar Pichai, says that if OKR hadn't been created, they wouldn't have achieved this ambitious objective. We have come to the end of part two. We discussed how to use OKR to improve organizational effectiveness. We mentioned that OKR has four superpowers. The first superpower is to focus and commit to priorities, and the second is to align and connect for teamwork. The third superpower is to track for accountability, and the fourth is to stretch for amazing. These four superpowers can greatly improve organizational effectiveness.
Part 3, How to Use OKR to Build a Learning-Oriented Organization In the previous parts, we have learned that the benefit of OKR is that it encourages people to work together as a team so they can contribute all their talents to a few critical objectives of an organization. But in implementing OKR, we will find that one crucial factor is missing, and that is performance reviews. As we all know, OKR is an objective management system. Its functions are based on self-motivation and organization alignment. It does not play the role of a performance reviewing tool. The question then arises, how should an enterprise evaluate the actual contribution of its employees? To answer this, we will look at the concept of CFR, which is an acronym for conversation, feedback, and recognition. Combined, CFR and OKR can achieve continuous performance management. Traditional companies often conduct annual employee evaluations through their human resources departments. But the timeliness of these kinds of evaluations are poor. Impartiality cannot be guaranteed, and that often gives employees a feeling of foul play. Instead, CFR evaluates employees' performances more frequently, often once a month, to make them timelier, and provide more constructive support. For a better understanding of the concept, let's look into the operation of CFR in detail. The conversation in CFR refers to authentic, high-quality communication between the manager and the employee. The purpose of this is to identify problems and ensure that the employee stays on track with the objectives and key results. Feedback is achieved through communication. The purpose is to evaluate the progress of the work and discuss the potential of improvement. Conversations and feedback often revolve around the progress of OKR. For example, it helps in asking the following questions, are key results poorly formulated? Is it doing well, but not enough to achieve the objectives? Is there any particular reason that has impacted the realization of key results? The third aspect of CFR is recognition, and recognition is a system that gives the fitting appreciation in accordance to employees' contributions from all levels within the organization. Explicit recognition is very helpful to enhance an employee's enthusiasm for work. With the support of CFR, OKR's implementation in the enterprise can be more smooth, facilitating a good culture of staying focused and advancing ahead in the enterprise. In a sense, OKR is organized in an egalitarian way, but it is implemented from top to bottom. Employees are ready to grow under leaders who are good communicators and motivators. Now let's take a look at how leadership determines the efficiency of OKR, and how a culture of OKR can be built, based on the experience of Zoom Pizza. For starters, the Zoom Pizza team, after implementing the OKR concept, had found that it is an excellent training tool in its own right. It helps small companies establish the discipline and processes of large companies. Even a small company with a dozen employees like Zoom Pizza can use an efficient OKR system to maximize the value of everyone in the team, as well as allow them to simultaneously pursue personal values. Secondly, OKR improved the enthusiasm of its employees. They all actively participated in the realization of the company's objectives and solved complex problems together. Zoom's technological advantage was cooking in transit, which requires the deployment of many 26-foot-long trucks with installed large ovens, as well as a sophisticated logistics system that is tied to an order prediction system. Without OKR's help, 
this would have been too difficult to implement. Moreover, Zoom appreciated the beauty of OKR's transparency which helped them solve the problem of identifying revenue targets. Before implementing the OKR, when the company's revenue objectives are set, they can't tell which particular department is responsible for meeting the revenue objectives. If it becomes the sole responsibility of the marketing department, the company may still lose customers if the product isn't good. If it is assigned to the product department, does the marketer have the motivation to expand the proportion of customers? Later, after being inspired by OKR objectives and key indicators formulated by various departments, the company's leaders proposed an ideal way that splits the revenue target into two sub-objectives, new revenue and repeated revenue. The marketing department bears the responsibility for the new revenue, while the product development department is accountable for repeated revenue. That proposition perfectly solved the conflict of ascertaining which department was responsible for which aspect of the revenue objectives. Zoom's ability to understand and break down the objectives is due to the transparency that OKR provides. Eventually, Zoom realized that OKR could bring everyone together. The team members who have worked as chefs, filmmakers, product managers, and software engineers in various jobs, and have different work habits and communication cultures, are able to see that OKR is a common language, and that it allow them to communicate better. Zoom also has its own unique and brilliant approach to connecting their team members. Every two weeks, Zoom conducts a connection experiment where employees have to choose someone to talk to, one-on-one, -on -one, for an hour. You can choose who you want to talk to, the only rule, no work. Employees were encouraged to talk about the personal objectives they want to achieve within two to three years. This approach has created a closer bond among Zoom's employees, thereby building their individual and team strength. All this suggests that building an OKR culture is an excellent way to deliver and reap its benefits. In fact, in the fifth discipline we previously unlocked, the author, Peter Senge, pointed out that creating a learning-oriented corporate culture is the only choice to coordinate organizational objectives and personal objectives, as well as balance short-term objectives and long-term objectives. However, in that book, Peter Senge did not introduce the specific tools needed to create a learning-oriented organization. Today, through this book, we have come to realize that OKR and CFR are the set of tools needed to form and develop learning-oriented organizations. While the concept of OKR is simple, it can be challenging to implement in an organization. It requires a strong senior leadership and a long time of practice to push and implement the concept. Based on Grove's experience, it can take four to five quarters for an organization to fully adapt to OKR systems, it can also take much longer to build mature objectives. Making OKR a cornerstone of corporate governance, like the likes of Intel, Google, and Amazon have done, requires years of company-wide effort. Companies that have successfully practiced OKR often have a perceived culture of being practical, focused on the big issues, and working together to achieve the set objectives. So, that's what we have to cover for part 3. We discussed how to use OKR to build a learning-oriented organization. We introduced the partnering tool of OKR, the CFR, to replace the traditional KPI in conducting continuous performance management, which can help OKR play to maximum effect. 
We have learned from the experience of implementing OKR at Zoom Pizza that to effectively apply the OKR concept, it is often necessary to find out the most suitable method for the organization in the long-term learning process, as well as form an OKR culture. We have unlocked all the key points of measure what matters, how Google, Bono, and the Gates Foundation rock the world with OKRs. As Dor emphasizes in the title, although OKR has many virtues, such as transparency, alignment, and agility, its most important virtue is its focus. OKR forces companies to always think about what is most important, and how they can, in a short period of time, change this important thing from an idea into reality. Since OKR is a group collaboration tool, it inevitably requires the joint efforts of colleagues from all levels. In this process, a strong promoter, and a difficult and long-running in process is essential. Gradually, an enterprise will have a practical, efficient and transparent corporate culture. This kind of corporate culture can help the company to realize its goals, as well as help its employees to realize their personal value. In his book Subliminal, Leonard Molodinov also points out that the ability of understanding and cooperating is the primary factor in human achievement. The OKR thinking and OKR culture are handy tools to improve understanding and cooperation.